Good morning, church. <clears throat> I wish I had something witty to say this morning, but it seems to eluded me, so let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning grateful, Lord. Grateful for life, grateful for an opportunity to be in your house. Grateful for our brothers and sisters. Grateful to the calling to which you have called us to be like Christ. This morning, Lord, we look to you and through your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to us what is needful for each of our hearts and that you would have your way in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, be glorified. Amen. Well, the focus of today's message is proclamation and marriage. But it wasn't very long in preparing that I realized that this doesn't just only apply to marriage. It applies to singles. It applies to work. It applies to children. Basically, it applies to relationships, and we all have relationships. So I trust we will all benefit from what the Holy Spirit has to say this morning. As we said before, proclamation is the declaration of any supreme majesty magistrate publicly made known and is complementary to the more specific term evangelize. That word is often translated preach in the New Testament and as one reads through the New Testament's use of proclaim or proclamation, one might say that it means to speak forth. Historically, proclamations were the king's prerogative and are binding on the subject of the proclamation. And that's why it's important for us to understand our authority in Christ. You see, we are ambassadors of Jesus. We are ambassadors of God. Jesus said that he gives us all authority. So when we proclaim, when we make a proclamation on behalf of the God of gods, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, when that proclamation is made in faith and understanding the authority with which we have been endowed, it is binding on the subject to which we speak that proclamation. And we should not expect anything less than that subject to be obedient to the proclamation of the king. I want to... Uh, point out that we're not teaching about blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. We're talking about speaking forth the words of God in faith. Because it's faith that changes words from mere words into power, into something that has the ability to change the current circumstances. Proclamation is powerful in a number of ways. When spoken with faith, it brings God's power to bear on the situation. And it also plays an important part in transforming our minds to be more like Christ. I'm going to go through several examples from my life, some good, some not so good, of how proclamation transformed my mind. When I was... Uh, young paramedic. My first job was, was, was with St. Louis County EMS. 
I was stationed in North County, and 85 or 90% of our calls were Band-Aid calls. I have a headache. I have a tummy ache. My son's got a cold. And if there was a valid call, we were 10 minutes from the hospital. By the time you sat in the field and tried to treat the person, you could have them at the emergency room. And I really felt like the knowledge and the skills the Lord had given me were being wasted. About that time, a song came on the radio by, um, what's his name, Johnny Paycheck. And the first verse went like this, and please excuse me. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. And that really related to where I was in my, at the time in, in my relationship to my job. It was a very good paying job as far as paramedics went in that time. And my boss was a very good boss. But I got that song in my craw. And it kept playing over and over in my head. And pretty soon I decided I wasn't going to work there anymore. So I, got a, I took a lower paying job in a rural area. I got to use my paramedic skills. We were oftentimes an hour or better away from the hospital. But after two years, I could no longer afford that lower salary. So I went back to St. Louis County EMS. A year and some months after I returned to St. Louis County, they decided to contract out their EMS service. And I was without a job. But worse yet, you had to be employed at St. Louis County for 10 years to qualify or to be vested in the retirement program. And because of my decision to leave St. Louis County for two years, I missed it by three months. And I lost 10 years worth of retirement benefits. So why do I tell you this story? Well, I tell you the story to say I proclaimed something that wasn't true. But because I proclaimed it, it transformed the way I thought about the thing and my perception. And it caused me to make a poor decision. If I would have proclaimed God's word into the situation, I would have worked there another year and a half. I would have had my pension and then I could have went to a rural area for a couple of years and used the skills that that the Lord had, had blessed me with. So what we say and what we focus on and what we proclaim, and I can't tell you how many times I said that to my partner, I'm going to get out of this job. It transformed the way I thought. It changed my perceptions and it caused me to make a decision that I later regretted. regretted. I would like to suggest that the same principles apply to marriage and all of our relationships for that matter. We are all sinners and disappoint loved ones from time to time. Now, while marriages may be made in heaven, but they're, they're walked out, they're lived out on earth. And the devil and his minions are always waiting for an opportunity to accuse us to our spouse. On our wedding day, Trisha took offense at something that happened in the service, and she was deeply hurt. And it was on our way to our honeymoon destination. 
we had a discussion, if you will, about the validity of her offense. I can guarantee you that's not the way to start your honeymoon. But I think it was the morning of the third day into our honeymoon, I walked out onto a pier, and I pray, it was early, and I, and I prayed. And I said, God, what did I get myself into? And the Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, why did you marry Trisha? You must have saw something of value in her to want to live the rest of your life with her. And that changed my focus. Instead of looking at the worst, I went back to look at the best. I went back into the motel room and I shared with Trisha what the Holy Spirit had said to me and we had a a discussion, another discussion. And the rest of the honeymoon was more memorable than the first part, which I'd rather forget. Again, what I said, my words, what I proclaimed about the situation, it didn't matter if it was valid or not. What mattered was she was hurt. And I didn't minister words of life to that. In fact, I condemned her for feeling hurt. I did not proclaim the power of God's word into the situation. And I missed out on three wonderful days, who could have been wonderful days. So often in marriage, we get stinking thinking because of our disappointments in one another and other relationships as well. You know, there have been times that I've been in a group of people and I've said something not so flattering about Trisha and she heard me say it. And afterwards she came to me and she said, you know, that really hurt when you said that. And I felt really bad. And I repented. Now there have been times also when I've said something very positive about Trisha and a group of people. And then the honeymoon all starts over again. Yes, the good part. (laughs) Again, speaking words of life. Because, you know, it's not just what I'm saying to somebody else about her. It's what I'm saying to me about her. And it's where I choose to focus. You know, I don't know why she puts up with me for all these years. I really don't. She has to choose to focus on whatever it was she saw in me in the first place, right? And I need to focus on that in her as well. Because we're all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. And we all hurt each other. But speaking God's word, proclaiming God's word with faith into any situation will transform our thinking. And as I'm going to show you in a little bit, will then transform the other individual's response to our thinking. Just as the proclamation that I hated my job affected my perception about my job and the decisions I made while under that perception, so my perceptions about my spouse affect my perceptions. I'm sorry. I said it twice. So my, uh, so my proclamations about my spouse affect my perceptions about my spouse and my relationship with her. 
or him if you're a she. We have said it before, words are powerful. Words can bring life. Words can also bring death. We all have weaknesses. I call mine my buttons. If you push the wrong button, you're not going to like the response. You're not going to like it at all. And I don't like it either. And the Holy Spirit doesn't like it either. Because the result is not who I am in Christ, but who I am in my flesh. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, I have learned to reprogram my buttons. The first step was to recognize what my weaknesses are. And the second step was to ask the Holy Spirit to make me aware of when my buttons were being pushed. So to each of my buttons, I gave a name. And this is only three of many. The first one's frustration. Do you know what frustrates me more than anything else? When you're frustrated. Frustration is catchy. It's, 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 it's viral. And I hate it. I hate when I'm frustrated, and I get frustrated enough on my own, but when you're frustrated, oh, then I'm really frustrated. The second one, and it's probably because I suffer from this a little bit myself, I named Mr. Know-it-all. There are some people, it doesn't matter what you say to them, they're right all the time. And it doesn't matter what you're talking about. They always know something, everything about it. And I find those people so irritating. Like I said, I think probably because I suffer from that a little bit myself. The third one is inconsideration. I do not like inconsiderate people. And when inconsiderate people brush up against me, I bristle. My porcupine quills come up. Not the love of Jesus. So after I named my buttons, I started to proclaim what God said about those things. And maybe just some general things that God said about me. I'm a gentle person. That's the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. I have self-control, so I don't have to jump all over you when I don't like you or what, don't like what you did. I'm a new creature in Christ. The old way of responding to things has passed away. All things have become new. I am full of the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. Love covers a multitude of sins. And who you are as a person is so much more important and valuable than how you act sometimes. Or I act sometimes. And so proclamation is transforming me from glory to glory to become more like Christ. And this not only makes me a better Christian, but it makes me a better spouse, it makes me a better parent, it makes me a better friend. 
Proclamation is also transforming my marriage and my family. You see, each of them have buttons as well. And when I press one of those buttons, I get a pre-programmed response. That's just natural. And so the way to avoid an undesirable response is to push a different button. And this is so true in relationships, and especially the marriage relationship. I can say three words, and, she, and, and, and it won't be good. But I can say something different and the honeymoon will start all over again. The, the good part. As I become more like Christ, my interaction with others pushes buttons in them that produce a more Christ-like response from them. And when they push one of my fleshy buttons and I respond like Christ instead of like the old Wayne did, it pushes not one of their old nature buttons, but one of their new nature buttons. And instead of a response that brought forth ugliness, a new response that brings forth God's grace occurs. When our children were young, we had the habit of after church on Sunday afternoons going to my in-laws. Now, I like my in-laws. I really do. Wonderful people. Her mother is a saint. And while her dad and I didn't always see eye to eye, he still was a loving father. I didn't mind going to their house. What I mind was missing Ram's football. It aggravated me to no extent. One day I'm watching the football game and Trish is saying, it's time to go, to the, it's time to go. And the old Wayne's welling up inside. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, is this really worth it? Is all this discord and frustration and anger Worth a silly football game? So I started to proclaim God's word over the situation. What kind of example am I being to my children? How am I laying down my life for my wife and for my family? I can do all things through Christ Jesus, including skipping football. And it was not, it, once I made the decision and, 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 and started getting God's thinking on it because I was proclaiming his word that was transforming my mind, it wasn't a difficult thing to do. I remember a time in college I had a friend and I had confided in him and then I felt like he betrayed me. The worst part was, well, we didn't live in the same building together. We spent all day in the same building together. He would come in one room, and and it was kind of a circular layout. He'd come in the room through one door, and I'd go out the room through the other one. I wanted not to see him, not to talk to him, not to do anything with him. I was mad. I was angry. I was hurt. And I was holding unforgiveness. And the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. 
And I knew it was wrong. And I knew that maybe even my perception of the betrayal was wrong. But at least by my code, he shouldn't have did what he did. But I knew I had to forgive. And so as he'd be coming in the room one, through one door, I'd be leaving the other room through the other door proclaiming, I forgive him. I didn't proclaim that just once. I didn't proclaim that just twice. I didn't proclaim that just three times. I proclaimed that multiple times every day for two weeks. And I'm not saying two weeks is any magic number, but for me at the end of two weeks, my stinking thinking changed. God transformed both my mind and my heart. The hurt left and our relationship was restored. Now, we don't see each other very often anymore because he lives in a different state. But when we do, the hurt's gone. We're still friends. I don't know that he was ever hurt, but, I, but, but my hurt is gone. I've forgiven him. And while I can remember the situation, I cannot remember the hurt. I know I was hurt, but I can't remember it. And that's the power of God's word being proclaimed or spoken with faith into the situation. And I'll tell you, when I started that first day going out the door saying, I forgive him, there wasn't a whole lot of faith there. But as I kept saying it, and as the Holy Spirit kept working in me, more and more and more faith came until I was really able to release the unforgiveness and the hurt to God. Now, I don't say this as pride in myself. It was God's proclaimed word working in me to change my perspective and heal my hurt. We can have better marriages, better relationships with our spouse, our children, our friends, and even our enemies by proclaiming what God's word says about them. And Paul encourages us in this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate or focus on these things. You ever notice how miserable you are when you're thinking bad things, unkind things? I don't even know why we waste our time doing that. But when we do, the, uh, the answer is, is to proclaim God's word over our stinking thinking. And sometimes it's asking the Holy Spirit to set an alarm in us. That we recognize that stinking thinking before it goes very far at all. Hopefully at the first thought of it. And then it's our choice. We're in control. We have the choice to choose to think about the things that, that Paul told us to think about here in Philippians. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart 
the mouth speaks. So Paul is telling us there in Philippians what to put into our heart so the right things come out of our mouth. Whatever things are pure and noble, praiseworthy, lovely, just, no, um, true, of good report. If we want better marriages and better relationships, we need to take note of what James says in chapter 3, verses uh, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done, by, done in, the, in meekness of wisdom. Show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Proclaiming God's word into our relationships and into our situations will bring peace. Proclaiming life into our relationships will bring peace. And that's what God put us on this world to be. Blessed are the peacemakers, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you want to be treated like a king in your home, treat your wife like a queen. If you want to be treated like a queen in your home, treat your husband like a king. Edify one another by proclaiming what God's word says about each other. The power of proclamation is at least twofold. It changes how I think and react. And it changes how those I speak to react to me. But you know, the human nature has an incredible sense to know when words are spoken in faith from a true heart and when words are just put over a wound like a Band-Aid with no real salve there. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Let us pursue things that make peace and the things by which we may edify one another. We are not like those who are self-serving, clubbing one another with God's holy word, but we love deeply, speaking life, 
speaking wholeness, speaking well-being, from hearts of love, full of faith, believing that what we are speaking, the Holy Spirit is using to transform, to empower that situation, to bring glory to God and peace to us. I can pray for your marriages. I can pray for your relationships. But oftentimes prayer alone won't effect the complete change. In fact, what prayer oftentimes does is it changes you. How you perceive things. How you look at things. I think I was so amazed the first time I went through the truth project. I was shocked at how much worldly thinking had crept into my theology, into my life. And I was so grateful for that course, class, whatever it was, that presentation, because it helped me to see and to clarify what God's word really says about walking through and living this life. And I would recommend it for everybody. I would recommend if you haven't seen it in a couple of years, you probably ought to look at it again because just like ships going through the sea, we pick up these barnacles of the world. And there are so many subtle things in this world to try to confuse our, our, our self-image and who we should be and who we are. As James says in chapter 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Let's pray. Father, this morning, Father, we all fail, we all fall short. And sometimes we forget who we are in Christ and we don't respond the way we should. We don't speak words of life like we should. We ask you to forgive us. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you put an alarm in us that even before the words come out of our mouth, that we would ask ourselves the question, are these words of life or words of death? Are these words that edify and build up or words that tear down? Lord, transform our minds to say the words that you would say, to do the things that you would do to those that you love And we love them too. Seal this to us, Father, by your Spirit. Help us to be more like Jesus every day. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.